0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Grace Capital City podcast. We're a local church in the city of Washington, D.C., and our vision is to see God's kingdom come through worship, family, and justice. If you're in the area or you want to find out more about our church, just go to gracecapitalcity.com and we pray that you are encouraged and blessed by this week's message. Wow! Oh. David, you can, you can be my hype guy anytime. I'll take it. I heard it was an amazing retreat. Ladies, uh, hearing good things. I got to spend a solid four and a half minutes with Jessica when she got home before we headed down to church. And I think some of the bleary eyes, at least some of the women were on retreat, I'm sure you're feeling that after retreat glow, but also like, I'm going to sleep for the rest of my life when I get home. Um, we give it up for our worship team as well. We <laughs> love our worship team. Thank you for leading us. If you're new here, welcome. My name's Chris, I serve as the lead pastor, and um, yeah, we're just really glad you're here. We We're in a series called Salt. It's a series that we are basing out of Jesus' most famous teaching, um, Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, where he begins with the instruction um, that we are called to be salt. We are called to be those who are a light, a flavoring agent in the world. And so we're really exploring that every week. What does that look like in some of the themes and topics that Jesus opens up to us in that teaching? How do we live as salt, and um, it's been fun so far. We've been hitting some some spicy topics, and just going where Jesus leads us, going where the Word leads us, trying to teach it as faithfully as we can. And tonight is no different. We just keep keep diving in. So, um, if you want to turn to Matthew five, you can. If if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. The scriptures will be on the screen as well. But tonight we're gonna at least launch out of Matthew five thirty one and thirty two. Is, is the teaching. Matthew 5, 31 and 32, picking up from where we were last week. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 31 and 32. He says, It has been said that anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. This is the word of the Lord. I um, have a pretty graphic memory of a morning when I was 17 years old, and uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of three boys, and so I was 17, my older brother would have been about 20, my younger brother about 14, and I remember well my mother and father waking us up earlier than we would normally be woken up, and we were brought into the living room, and we sat down, and Um, our mother told us boys that she was going to be leaving. And she talked and my dad talked and they said that they had had strife for a long time, for a number of years, that they had tried counseling and that seemingly it wasn't working and so that in just a day or two, my mother would be leaving and that my little brother would uh, be moving out with her. And... There's a lot of things as a 17-year-old boy that I, I look back on and reflect on that moment. Like a lot of like young men, I didn't really know what to do with my emotions in that moment. I didn't quite know how to process it. I do look back and I see it as a very abrupt end to my childhood. I mean, I was 17, so that was kind of, I was cresting the horizon of, of stepping into some level of adulthood anyway. Um, but that became just a, just a roadblock all of a sudden. It was like childhood ended in this moment. So, as we, as we journeyed forward in the, in the weeks and months that followed, and my mom did leave a couple of days later, we slowly began to learn about the situation. My, my parents had been married for 25 years, and like any child, their marriage was the only marriage I knew, right? Um, You you go to a friend's house, you see an aunt and uncle, maybe things are a little different, but you're not walking with them. And so for me, that was what marriage was. And so some of the dysfunction uh, wasn't evident to me as a child, whereas looking back, I look at it and I could maybe be a bit more aware of of some of the areas that were dysfunctional. But what was interesting to me that, that I learned over the coming months and even years was that for the 25 years that my parents had been married, that the seed of brokenness, the seed of sin, the seed that would ultimately lead to a divorce 25 years later was sown really in the first year or two. And my parents would tell me that individually in, different, in their own words, in their own ways, that there were some very dramatic things that happened that never healed, some very dramatic things That happened in their marriage that they never really recovered from, not fully anyway. They never were able to move past. And so the, the echoes, the ripples of that brokenness and of the sin flooded through their 25 years of marriage and then continued to flood beyond that. In many ways, I I look at my life since then, and I really believe that the the ripples of that brokenness flooded even beyond their divorce. I remember being, as a a young man in my early 20s, um, having a very deep sense of distrust in myself, that I didn't have words for it at the time, but I look back and I can see some things that came out of the brokenness of my parents' marriage. Um, a deep trust in marriage as an institution, a deep trust in looking at myself as a man and thinking, well, why would I think I could do any different? Why would I think I could do any better? I think, if I'm really honest, it's been something that in the 15 years Jessica and I have been married that we've had to walk through and work through some of that distrust, some of that brokenness, that the stone that was thrown, the ripples continued to ripple out for for many many years, even decades after that, it really was a a divorce that was birthed in brokenness, a birthed in sin and I have been pastoring now twenty three years in different roles and different capacities and whether it's been people who like myself as, as children have walked through some of the trauma of divorce or husbands or wives who have walked through divorce, you know, that there is that continual ripple of, of brokenness that is consistent when we talk about divorce. And so the reality, the reality is divorce is an incredibly painful reality of a broken world in which we live in, right? It's a it's a broken reality. And tonight, I don't want to spend too much time just talking about divorce. I want to talk about marriage more broadly than that. But I do want to make sure, before we kind of breeze past some of the very kind of pointed things that Jesus says here about divorce, I want to make sure I at least share my heart and a few things I feel like God has taught me over the years, um, walking through this and now having been married uh, 15 years myself, and so I, I want to just give us two, two takeaways, and then I want to broaden the conversation out to talk about marriage more broadly, but two takeaways about divorce. The first one is this, is that divorce is founded in sin, okay, and we have to be honest about that. We have to call it what it is. Divorce is founded in sin. Now, the sin of divorce is not always just who signs the papers first, okay? The sin of divorce is not always just who drives away and leaves the marriage. Sometimes the sin of divorce is founded in the abuse that leads up to the divorce, right? Sometimes the sin of divorce is founded in the neglect or the infidelity or the lack of trust that breaks a marriage at its core. Sometimes the sin is not just at the moment of divorce, it leads up to the divorce itself. Sometimes it's when divorce is is used almost as as a weapon, as a threat. You hear those stories, right? There are a lot of ways in which the sin of divorce manifests itself. But I'll tell you this, the stories of divorce are almost always long and complicated, but they come back to a common foundation, and that foundation is sin. Somewhere down the line, the brokenness of a man, the brokenness of a woman, or the brokenness of two people together has founded what ultimately manifests itself in divorce. And so we have to recognize that. We have to call it what it is. It is founded in sin. The Bible is clear about that. The second thing that I know for sure about divorce is that God's grace is sufficient for all things. That God's grace is sufficient. And that whether you here tonight are the victim of divorce, either as a child or as an adult, whether you have played a role in a divorce that might have eventuated at some level, I want to tell you tonight that God can heal and restore and redeem all things. Okay? that he is in the business of taking seemingly wasted years, of taking ashes and turning them into beauty, right? Of restoring and renewing seemingly impossible situations. I have seen God do it in my own life. I even look back at the brokenness of my own family that was founded in sin, right? I I fully believe that. I name it what it is, and I can see that God used that even for his glory in restoring my dad's life in restoring my mother's life, in in teaching myself things even through that brokenness. This is the God that we worship. He takes our rebellion. He takes our brokenness. And he will, if we give him time, use it for his glory. His grace is sufficient for all things. So, two things. Divorce is founded in sin. We do not call it something that it is not. And secondly, his grace covers all. His mercy is enough for all of us, okay? But this, this passage, um, the beauty of it is that it's not just about divorce, it's also about marriage, more broadly. Okay. It's also about the beauty of marriage and the complexity of marriage. As we get a window into the, the complexity of divorce, we get a window into the complexity of marriage. It's, it's, a, it's a window in even to the longing for marriage, the challenges of marriage that are real. For every single person. And because it's also about marriage, on the flip side, it's also about not marriage. right? I decided to call this sermon marriage and not marriage. Okay, And we've talked about divorce, which is a form of not marriage as well. But it's also about singleness. It's also about people who are looking at marriage and thinking about what does it mean to be married. What is the desire I have to be married? How does that find its its role? How do I live that out in a real way? And so tonight, I want to talk not just about divorce. I want to talk about marriage and not marriage. I want to talk about singleness as well. And to do that, I want to use a quote from an author, musician, many of you have probably heard of, Jackie Hill Perry. Um, And she says this, Jackie Hill Perry says, Our sexuality is not our soul. Marriage is not heaven and singleness is not hell. Read that again. Our sexuality is not our soul. Marriage is not heaven and singleness is not hell. Now, just just leave that quote up there for a while because I want to reference it. I, I, I feel like that quote, it resonates with me because I think it speaks to some of the confusion we experience in our world today captures some of it in, in essence. Um, a lot of confusion about identity and relationships and sexuality and, and marriage and how these things all come together, that we, we live in the midst of these things. And I, I just want to name it as well. I think the confusion is especially abrupt for those of us who are, who are seeking to follow Jesus. And what I mean by that is we, we get not just the words of culture, but we also have the words of God. And so we're seeking to follow Jesus faithfully, but we're also hearing things the world's saying. We're also hearing things the church is saying. We're hearing things the Bible is saying. We're hearing things the Spirit might be speaking or mentors might be speaking And so just to give grace, it can be really confusing to figure this out, right? How do we live this stuff out? And so on one hand, we have kind of the cultural narrative about this. The cultural narrative that, just like we talked about last week, tells us no sexuality is your soul. Sexuality is your identity. It's one thing we really wrestled with last week about decoupling identity and sexuality, treating these things separate. We also have the the cultural narrative when it comes to marriage, now, depending on which part of the country you grow up in, you might hear different things. There, there's certain parts of the country where marriage is hell. It's oppressive, it's antiquated, it's, it's, it's uh, why, why limit yourself to marriage? Why not just live with someone, you know? I mean, why bother getting married? Uh, why getting married? Other parts of the country where marriage is heaven. Now, I, I lived in the South for seven years, and I know that if you are not married by the time you're 21, then... Uh, You have missed the boat. Actually, that narrative is only actually true for women. Men get until they die, basically. But if you're a woman and you're not married by the end of your freshman or sophomore year, then clearly, you know. But that's the marriage is heaven, right? That's the pinnacle. That's the thing to aspire to that everyone should be going for. That's the cultural narrative that we can hear sometimes. But the reality that the church's narrative can be equally confusing sometimes. Um, I I was thinking about the the stereotypical um, like mega church pastor who gets up and they have the smoking hot wife and they're talking about their like anointed blessed sex and their 2.3 perfect children. And it's like this is held as look, look at my life, look at my family. Look at the, and and like 95% of the room are being like, that is, I just, I cannot relate. It's not my story. Like, I'm glad you have this perfect life and the church is championing it, but that is not my story. And what's even more confusing is for these people following Jesus, they're like, not only is that not my story, but it's not the Bible's story either. Like, I'm pretty sure none of the disciples got married. (laughs) I'm very sure Jesus never got married, all the heroes of the faith who never got married. And so there's this, this confusion about like, why are we just championing this as the pinnacle when there's all these other narratives and stories that I read about in the Bible? How do I find my place when the reality of my life doesn't seem to line up? with what is being presented as the good and perfect role and pathway for every single person. And so I say that not to hate on culture, not to hate on the church. I don't want to be like the old man shaking his fist at the sky. Um, Just to kind of give us grace and just to say, "This this is confusing, this is hard. Finding our way in the midst of mixed messages can be a really difficult task for every person as we're walking our journey in this really important area. And so I, I want to offer us something to consider when it comes to marriage that it has been helpful for me. Because I think one of the problems is when it comes to marriage, we've forgotten what it is and we've expected it to be something it's not, okay? We've forgotten what it is and we've, we've expected it to be something it's not. And I, I, would, I would articulate it like this. We've taken a gift and we've turned it into a goal. We've taken a gift and we've turned it into a goal. Now, there is a big difference between a gift and a goal. Marriage is a gift, not a goal. It's a big difference between a gift and a goal, right? If, if someone gives me a gift... The expectation on me is simply to receive the gift, isn't it? Even if it's my birthday. Like, congratulations, it's your birthday. It's probably someone's birthday in here somewhere. Congratulations but you didn't do anything for it. I'm just saying, like, you didn't earn the birthday. Like, everyone gets one, you know? It's like, I'm, I'm really excited, we should celebrate you. Like, even if you get a present on your birthday, it's like, wow, you just receive it. That's the whole expectation of a gift, isn't it? Receive the gift. Now, a goal is different. If you have a goal, you have to go out and get it. Right, you got to get that thing. You got to work for it. You got to make it happen. Um, I'm going to burn one of my CrossFit illustrations here because if you go to this church, you know I get three a year, and I think I got at least one in the bank still. I had a goal about a year ago to to learn how to do double unders. Who knows what double unders are? Okay, a couple of you. It's basically with a jump rope where you go double. You you go twice under for every jump. All right, it's very very difficult, and I was really like. I, I just really wanted it. And so I'm like, I'm going to work it 10 minutes after every class. I'm going to do it. And I had to work. And it was painful. Like, you whip yourself with that rope over and over again. Trust me, a rope across the head of a bald man. I had, I had red welts. I mean, Jessica would just be looking at me. She's like, it's not worth it. Trust me, it's not worth it. And I'm coming home. I look like I've been at war with red lines all over my head and my arms, you know? But it was like, if I have this goal, you got to get it. Go out and get it. That is the expectation of a goal. The same is, is the response. The emotional response for a gift and a goal is different, right? If I, if I receive a gift, I'm grateful for it. That's what's expected of me. A goal, well, it kind of depends if you achieve it or not. If you achieve the goal, you might feel proud. If you don't achieve the goal, you might feel shame. You might feel embarrassed. I didn't make my goal. I feel like I I, I didn't make it, right? So, So a gift and a goal, this is a really important distinction, okay? And guys, I really believe one of the big confusion points in the church is that we have taken a gift and made it a goal, okay? We've taken what is a gift and we've turned it into a goal. Now, when it comes to marriage... When we recognize it is a gift, we can recognize that it is given to some but not to all. Okay. When we see it as a goal, there's something in our hearts that starts to believe that every person has to achieve it. And if they don't, they are less than, they are living in lack, they are living in some kind of relational poverty. We start to believe the lies of the enemy if we believe marriage is something we have to go out and achieve, all right? Guys, let me, let me just say this to us tonight with all of the pastoral love and sensitivity in my heart, okay? And I know we, we have a room full of, we have a lot of single people in our church. We have a lot of married people too, but we have a lot of single people. Not everyone will get married. It's just true. And there's a there's hundred reasons why. Some of them are just very practical, simple reasons. Some of them are just like, I traveled a ton for my work. I know people who have relocated with like military or other things so many times that I just never had the time to find someone. I know people who are same-sex attracted, who are saying, I am just devoting myself to a, a, biblical, a biblical sexual ethic. I know people who have just said, you know what, I just actually never found someone that we fully clicked with and I actually just really enjoy kind of my rhythm that I'm in and it just hasn't happened. There there are a whole lot of just very practical reasons. Some of them are challenging, some not so much, right? We just need to be real about that. Now, it doesn't mean that it's wrong to desire getting married. Absolutely not. It doesn't mean it's wrong to pray about getting married. In fact, I would love to pray with you if that's a desire you have. If you're like, I would want to be married, then please, I want to pray with you. If that's a desire you have. It doesn't mean it's wrong to pursue it, to put yourself out there and be active in trying to find if that is, if that is a, a desire that you have. But we have to recognize, guys, this is not a goal to be achieved. It is a gift to be received, right? Right? not a goal to be achieved it is a, it is a gift to be received not every person gets married and let me let me kind of spiritualize this and and bring this into what the bible really talks about when it comes to marriage guys marriage is is a temp it's a temporary reflection of an eternal promise okay This is some of what we talked about last week when we talked about the the dualism of man and woman and heaven and earth coming together in the garden and then then fulfilled ultimately in Revelation when the new heavens and the new earth. It It is a temporary reflection of an eternal promise. You know one thing that the Bible is very clear about? That in the new heavens and new earth, none of us will be married. It's temporary. It's temporary. Our union with one another is meant to point towards our ultimate union with God. Okay? And while not everyone will experience the temporary union of marriage, every single person is invited into the eternal promise of ultimate union with God. Okay? The goal of our lives is not union with a person, it is union with God. That is where everything is going. That's what we're going to spend eternity in. That's where everything is heading towards. That's the real thing. And there are some of us, guys, and we need to take marriage off the throne so we can have Jesus back on it, okay? Marriage is a beautiful thing. I love being married. I've been married for 15 years. If you have a desire to be married, again, I would love to pray with you. But I think we need to be honest and real about this. This is not the ultimate purpose of our lives. It is something that will fade away in the new heavens and new earth when we experience the final fulfillment of our union and oneness with God. I'm not denigrating marriage. I got to marry Sarah and Garrett just the other week. Back from your honeymoon, guys. I just think some of the confusion around marriage has been damaging to people as we are pursuing to follow Jesus and be faithful in that. So let me talk about not marriage for a minute. Singleness. First uh, Corinthians 7. This is what Paul says. Verse 6 to 9. He says, I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all men were as I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. When I lived in Australia, I um, was pastoring at a church. There was another church. It wasn't our church, but another church that a lot of people knew about and that I had friends at. And they had a young adults ministry. And the young adults ministry, I'm almost embarrassed to say, it wasn't named this, but this was its nickname. The nickname was Pears and Spares. Sorry, it's It's horrible. Pairs and spares. And I remember hearing that, and it speaks to some of what people who are single experience, right? It it reinforces this whole gift and goal analogy that somehow, if I have not gotten married, then I am a spare. I, I, I have not arrived. My life, my ministry, anything God wants to use me for cannot actually begin until I am a pair. Sorry, does that make sense what I said now? I feel like there was some confusion in the room. And it gets dysfunctional in these communities, right? I, I've been around singles ministries and things like that. I've seen some really good and healthy ones. I think the where it gets dysfunctional is when the whole goal of the ministry is to get people married. When, like, that's the purpose. That's the ultimate end because it points to, again, that this is a goal to be achieved rather than a gift to be received. Now, Paul, on the other hand, he talks about singleness very, very differently. He takes this whole gift idea um, even, even further still, right? I mean, he, he's talking about the gift of singleness. And um, I don't know if you've ever read that, that, that passage where Paul talks about this, this gift of singleness. And you read it and you think, well, okay, that's, that's great. Paul has the gift of singleness. I clearly don't have the gift of singleness because you know, I'm, I'm burning with passion. I have desires to get married. Clearly, this is not a gift or something that I have. Like, great for Paul. But we, we actually read that and I think we misunderstand what Paul is saying here. I, I would encourage you to read some of the New Testament scholarship around these verses because most New Testament scholars read these verses and say that Paul is not talking about a supernatural ability to be single. What he's doing is he's recognizing the season of life that he is in. And Paul is saying here, he is saying, My singleness is a gift. My singleness is a gift. He's not saying my ability to be single is a gift. He's saying my singleness, the singleness itself is a gift to me. Friends, I want to speak this out over us. And this may be, if you're in a difficult season, this is going to be hard to receive. And so just, just let it sit with you and see what the Holy Spirit does with it. Where you are right now, is God's gift to you. And it may not feel like God's gift to you every day, but where you are right now, if you allow the Holy Spirit to to open your eyes and to show you even the difficult places, it can be God's gift to you. If you are single, that is part of God's gift to you right now. And you may be single for a short time, you may be single for a long time, you may be single till till you die, you may be single just, just for a window. That's right now. It's God's gift to you. If you are married, that is part of God's gift to you. You may be married until you die. But you may be widowed. You may be a widow. You 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 may experience the pain of divorce, right? We've talked about it. It is a broken, broken world that we live in. But right now, that is part of God's gift to you. And you know what? Singleness and marriage, each has their benefits and each has their challenges. Because marriage is not heaven and singleness is not hell, as Jackie Hill Perry said, right? There are advantages to being married, but there are also advantages to being single. And Paul is talking about that. He's saying, I wish you I wish you all could be like I am. I wish you could be, the gift of me being single right now, right? He's 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 actually lifting that up. He's he's dignifying it. You know, the Bible talks a lot more about avoiding a bad marriage than it does about remaining single, avoiding singleness. Okay. Because marriage is not heaven. And singleness is not hell. Guys, we need to stop believing the lie that singleness is a status to be escaped from. And that marriage is a goal to be achieved. And we need to start asking the Holy Spirit, what do you have for me now? In the season that I'm in. Again, if you're single, that does not mean you should stop desiring to be married if that's something you desire. I'm just saying right now, the recognition this is God's gift to me of where I am, and there are advantages and there are disadvantages to all of it. But God will use it if you allow Him to. There's a, a verse in, in Isaiah that I, I want to use. It's a bit of a strange verse, but I felt like I just I felt like it was important to speak this out um, over our church. And it says, Isaiah 56 3 says, let not any eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. <laughs> let not any eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. And, and I, I just, I thought to use it for, for this reason. I'm not sure that we have any eunuchs here tonight. <laughs> but we do have a lot of single people. And we probably have a lot of people who have heard the lie that you are less than because you are not married that you are not qualified for ministry because you are not married, that somehow your life hasn't begun until you get married. Somehow you've, you've heard that through the church over and over again. And I want to just say over you tonight, if you are single, if you are celibate, if you, if you are trying to figure out what does this look like, but right now marriage is not part of your story, you are no dry tree. You are no dry tree. And God wants to use your life In the season you are in, not just the season you wish you were in. Not just the season you want to be in or you hope to be in. God has no plans to rescue you from your singleness. Not saying you won't get married, I'm just saying that's not how God sees it. (laughs) It's not a status to be rescued from, it's a season of life to give glory to God. And to use everything that is good about being single. to Follow him in your singleness. You are no dry tree. He wants to satisfy you in the midst of your singleness. And if you are married, he wants to satisfy you in the midst of your marriage. He wants to inspire you in that. Marriage is a gift, not a goal. And Paul reminds us that singleness can also be a gift. I want to invite Pastor Holly to come and to just to speak over us tonight um some things that God's laid on her heart and she's gonna close out our teaching. Thanks, Holly. Give it up for Holly. Tomorrow.
1: Hello, hello. Yeah, I just had a couple things I, I told Pastor Chris I had had on my heart and um uh for for context, uh, I am single. There have been times in my life when I have been dating, um, almost engaged and single. Um, I do currently desire to be married. Um, so I, I wanted to just share some things that have been really helpful in the journey for me because we... Uh, I I love this metaphor about like the season that we're in being a gift from God. Whether it's marriage, whether it's singleness, engagement, dating, that every that it is all a gift from God. But if you have you ever thought like, God, you got a gift receipt for this one? You know what I mean? To be honest, I'm I'm just we're gonna be, we're gonna we're gonna talk honestly about some things. Sometimes you're like I thank God, thank you, thank you. Um, Where's the exchange, where do I do, where do I make the exchange? I'm sorry, I didn't read the fine print when I accepted this gift. Um, We think, we feel like that sometimes, we feel like that sometimes. It's okay to have those feelings. It's okay to have those thoughts, okay? I want us to talk about um, what we do with those. Because here's the thing. God meets us exactly where we are. If we are single and thriving, if we're single and having a hard time, if we're married and thriving, married and having a hard time, divorced and thriving, divorced and having just the best time of our lives, having a hard time. You following me here? We have thoughts and feelings. We, we are people. And God will mean us exactly where we are. Now, I'm a, I'm a visual learner, and the Lord knows this about me. So oftentimes, I'll just get like, pictures in my mind to help me kind of process what's going on. And, okay, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What is the Lord saying? And, and for this, I, j- I just want you to picture, I just want you to close your eyes. You're sitting in a car. Uh, if you prefer a scooter, you can be on a scooter and you've got your goggles, you know, entirely up to you. I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put that on you. All right. And uh, where you are in your car, you're on your scooter, you've got your goggles, you're looking through the windshield. Okay. And you're just, you're going along. And then all of a sudden, it's like a bucket of mud is just thrown across your windshield, covers your goggles. Right? Okay, you can open your eyes. What do you do if that happens? What I hope that you would do. We're gonna like, we're gonna slow down. We're gonna, we're gonna maybe like turn on the wipers, right? We know we have some things within, okay, you gotta be in a car for this metaphor. We gotta turn on the, the wipers. Hopefully it's got wiper fluid in there and those are working. And then, oh, but what if they don't? Okay. Maybe I'm going to I'm going to pull off to the side of the road. I'm going to clean it off and then I'm going to keep going. Okay? When I think about un like unfulfilled dreams, per, like particularly for this context for us, for my my heart for marriage. If it was just a status, there are actually a couple times in my life I could have had the status to be married. But when I really dug in deep with the Lord, I realized I didn't want to have the status of being married. I wanted to have and be a part of a marriage. And that vocabulary was really helpful for me. That it wasn't just about being married, but it was having a marriage. It was being a part of a marriage. It was building a marriage. So that vocabulary was helpful. But when, it, when it's that unfulfilled dream... We're, we're just going through life. We're going through life. We're, in the, we're, in, we're all in my car together. We're going through life. And it's like unfulfilled dreams, I always just, they're just always on the periphery. They're just always here because guess what? God cares about my dreams. And I have prayed that some dreams would just go away, right? God, I don't want it. I don't want it. Take it back, take it back, take it back. And the Lord's like, no, babe. <laughs> I, need, I, want, I want you to hold on to it. But we just keep it here in the periphery. That's fine. There are some things that will bring it from right here in my periphery to right here. And I can do that all on my own. I don't need anybody's help. I don't need anybody's help to bring, like, desire for marriage, unfulfilled, to right here. Okay? But there are, I have also learned there are other things that people can say or do whether intentionally or not, that we'll take it from right here to right here. Collectively, I need this from us. I need this from us, okay? Anytime, the number one trigger for coming right here to right here, somebody finds out that I'm single. Don't even know if I want marriage or not, but just I'm a single woman, loves Jesus nine out of 10 times. Oh, my gosh! honey! Your husband's right around the corner. He's right around the corner. I'm like, if can you tell him to hurry up, please? Does he know what time it is or or can you tell me which one? I'll go. I'll go around the corner. He doesn't have to come to me. I can be flexible, right? You do not know if my husband is right around the corner, okay? And it is perfectly fine not to say so. So let's just all agree. That's just not, that's not what we're going to say, right? Why do we, like, why do people say that to each other? Is because they see me and they love me and they know me. And it is, in not knowing what to say, they just like want to try to extend some hope, right? That's, that is the message that's coming from that. And I, in all the times that I've heard it, and it goes from like right here to like right here, I'm like, okay, so I know, I know how to like, okay, they're trying to be helpful. It's not, but they're trying to be helpful. Thank you, Lord. And we just bring it back here, okay? We just like, it's what I call like using my windshield wipers. I've, I've got things that I can do to bring it from right here to right here. And then there are times where God will bring it from right here to right here. And you're like, no, no, I don't want to dig into that right now. He said, that's where we're going. And I said, no, no, that's not. He said, yes, I have yet to win an argument for the Lord. But I want us to see like when, when something is right here and it's good and we can hold it, it's, in, it's on their radar and then it comes like right here, it is like throwing a bucket of mud on your windshield. If something is right in front of my face, do you know what I can't see? Anything on the other side of it. You know what I can't see? Anything that's coming, And for whatever reason, if it's you, if it's other people, if it's the Lord, if it's you're taking this and you put it right here and you're in your car, you're still going at your pace, you are cruising along and you've just got a bucket of mud, do you know what's going to happen if you don't do anything? At best, you're going to hurt someone else. You're also there's a significant, significant higher chance you're gonna hurt yourself. But sometimes we're just like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And we just let the mud just stay there and we just, we just try to keep going along. When the whole time it's, it is okay that sometimes your windshield gets muddy. That is life, but are we, can we learn to recognize, okay, I'm, I see the windshield's money. It, this, this dream was right here. Now it's right here. Okay, I need to slow down. I need to just pause, try to use some windshield wipers. What are some things that the Lord has told me? Who do I know God to be? Who does God say that I am? And maybe that's enough for, for right then, right? And then sometimes... That's not enough, and it's not because you're not enough. I can't tell you how many times, I, could, I couldn't remind myself enough, even asking the Lord. I wasn't paying attention to him. It's his fault I'm not married, right? Like, I'm not paying attention to him. I'm not paying attention to myself, and I needed to pull over to the, other, to the side of the road, tell some friends what was going on, tell some people that I trusted. This is where I'm really struggling, and let them help me clean the windshield. And then you know what I did? Got back in the car and we get on the road and we keep going, right? I I think that sometimes there's this, we actually don't believe this, but it's true. You can be 100% content and happy with where you are. You can be. What are my next two words? I love y'all so much. And also, desiring more. That is actually a part of knowing God. Of knowing the heart of God is for me. I am 100% complete. I lack no thing in the name of Jesus right where I am. And also, I do, I do want to be a part of a marriage. I'm not sure about kids yet. I really like living in the city. I don't, I don't know if I want the house and the fence. I don't, I don't know. Lord, let's dream about it. You can do both. And oftentimes we talk about like, it's all in balance, right? You just need to have a balance. But nowhere does it say that balance equals 50-50, like sometimes wrestling with singleness, even like wrestling in your marriage, wrestling and dating is just harder. It takes more of your time, more of your energy. It just takes more. That's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not content. I will tell you the thing that helps me hold the Lord and hold the unfulfilled dreams when they're just so heavy, the number one thing that gives me the strength is gratitude. Gratitude is what allows me to start to hold it when it's heavy. And we've all got access to that. So I just, I just wanna encourage us that no, no matter where we are, check your windshield. What's going on with the windshield? Because it will impact how you think. It will impact what you do. My actions look very different when I have a clean windshield versus a muddy windshield. If I have a muddy windshield and it's I'm believing lies, but I am lacking something. I am not enough. There's never gonna be a man that I'm gonna be able to marry or that will wanna marry me. When, I, when I'm thinking like that, and the windshield's muddy. My actions in, in the past, hopefully never again, but in the past have been like, all, all married people think they're better than me. All married people think they're better than me. My, ch- my church just hosted an event for couples. <laughs> that must mean they hate single people. no joke I have actually had those thoughts before I have chosen to not participate in celebrating friends that are in a couple whether it's engaged or being married because there's there's only a finite celebration so I'm going to withhold mine and they can they can just do whatever they want that's what a muddy windshield will do do you know that you carry infinite joy You carry infinite joy, infinite peace. And even if someone has something that you are desiring, do you know that you can actually give joy, give honor, celebrate that, and there's still enough left for you? Please don't hold back. Married people need to be around single people. Single people, you need to be around married people. We need to celebrate each other. And single people, if you want to date, if you desire marriage, it's okay to tell people, right? If I, if I want to date, I want marriage. I never tell anyone. Anytime I'm ever asked, I say no. I don't do online dating. We'll unpack that at another message. And then I'm just like sitting alone in my house and be like, "Oh gosh, why am I not married yet?" Honey. <laughs> right? That is what you were all thinking. Like, "Holly, just say yes to something. Go somewhere new, babe. Come on." <laughs> tell your tell your friends, single friends, married friends, you don't have to be married to like be a matchmaker. Like, can we just be for each other? Can we learn to trust each other? Yeah. God's good. He's really, really good. He loves marriage, loves marriage. He loves singleness. There are pros and cons to both, and both are a gift. There are times in either one we need a little extra help. But I do want to encourage you, what's your windshield like right now? You may have the tools to clean it with the Lord all on your own. That's awesome. You may not. You got a room full of people that would love to help out. Yeah? I'll pray for us. God, we are so grateful to you We are grateful to you. We are grateful for you. And Holy Spirit, I just just ask that you would come and you would search our hearts. You would search our minds. Would you show us what our windshield looks like? Lord, and if we've got the tools to help others clean their windshields, would you show us what we have? If we're in a place where we need help cleaning our windshields, Would you show, like literally bring to our mind people that we can talk to? God, I thank you for dreams. I thank you that you are present, that we have the full access to all of who you are in every season of life. And we ask this in the name of Jesus.
0: Listening to this week's message, I pray that you know the presence of the Spirit, the love of the Father, and the goodness of Jesus wherever you find yourself. God bless.